My name is Angela Cox and I am the Mindset Mentor and this is the Mindset Mentor Meets podcast. Now my aim is to discover and share the secrets of success. You'll hear engaging and uplifting interviews with business leaders at the top of their game, all primed to deliver bucketfuls of value and inspiration. We'll bring practical tips, success strategies and golden nuggets of motivation to help you unleash your absolute potential. Now, please do like, share and leave a review if you love this podcast. It really does help others to find us. Thanks for listening and let's jump in now and meet this week's fabulous guest. My guest today is Ruth Penfold. Now, Ruth has built a technology business and now works with Launchpad, which is BP's new business builder. She describes herself, which I love, as being powered by plants, water, and joy. Does it get any better than that? Ruth, I can see a huge smile. It's an absolute joy to have you on the show. Welcome and tell me, how are you today? I'm really good today. Yeah, I'm really good. I'm really good. We're speaking in the middle of the working day, which is always a bit of an interesting moment, isn't it? When you're in the middle of a video call carousel, I know that will resonate with (laughs) listeners because I bet you they all do the same thing. But yeah, the headlines for me today, I'm feeling fabulous. Wonderful. That Zoom fatigue, I think, is getting to us all at this point now, isn't it? And here we are again on Zoom. (laughs) Actually, I said this to, I feel like, Like a lot of things, you know, you build a muscle, right? And I think at the beginning of lockdown, I definitely felt the fatigue. But now I, you know, rightly or wrongly, I've built my muscle. (laughs) You're properly in the zone now. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Now, there's so much that I want to ask you today. I'm really interested in the business that you've built and how you work with BP. But I'm really interested in finding out more about you as the individual too and what makes you tick. So, We always start the podcast with what I call the shake your pom-poms moment. And this is about you being able to celebrate your own successes, which let's face it, we don't get a chance to do very often. So I'd love to know more about your three proudest moments, please. You know, it's so interesting when I read that in the sort of pre-read for the pod, I thought they're actually quite difficult. And I think for me, it's less about moments and it's more about feelings, right? Because actually my proud moment happened quite a lot, which mm. is which is a great feeling. So the first one that came to mind and the strongest, proudest thing that I feel on a daily basis is I feel proud of the woman that's staring back at me in the mirror. So, oh, wow. you know, I look at myself as I evolve year by year And every year I think, oh, okay, wow, I'm in a whole different, and that me last year didn't even see this coming or whatever, like a whole new level of connection. And I think that I'm, I'm proud of how I see that woman, of how I've managed to change the lens I see her through, as well as all of the rest of, it's less about superficial achievements, folks. It's not about, you know, meeting some sort of level of professional, whatever. It's that I look in the eyes of a woman who is connected to herself and is making decisions that serve her. And that feels amazing. Um, So, I mean, that was the first one that came to mind. And then I feel an immense 
sense of pride when someone tells you that you've inspired something different in them, where something that you've done that maybe you didn't really think anything about has changed and shifted something for them. And this is why I'm such an advocate for sharing your truth with Mm -hmm. others, because I know when I was making radical changes in my life, the people that inspired me the most had no idea that they were doing it. And they maybe said one thing to me, or they maybe, you know, maybe they did something themselves that inspired me, you know, and their actions were my inspiration. So if I provide that inspiration to others, even in a small way, then I feel hugely proud. And then I guess the other part is, you know, I guess it's a bit more of an active pride, you know, when you watch the fire ignite in the bellies of others, right? So, you know, seeing, telling someone, telling you something, but when you watch somebody rise and it's maybe it's not about you, it's about what they're doing and them stepping into their fire. And, you know, I often see, you know, it might be people that you're just connected with online, all right? And you don't see them day to day, but you know that what they're doing, they are taking expansive steps. And that's where I feel a sense of pride in humanity, you know? So it's a bit different. It's just like a, yeah, we're doing it. We can do this. I do have a special place in my heart there to celebrate women as we rise in particular, Mm -hmm. but I celebrate all humans. I am non-discriminatory in my celebration of others. So yeah, those would be my three things. I love that. I love the bit around the inspiring other people and and not necessarily knowing that you're doing that some of the time. But I, I have to pick up on the first one. So this idea of, you know, really celebrating the woman that you've become as you look in the mirror, it feels like there's a journey that's sitting behind that. So would you be willing to share a little bit more about that and just how you've come to have that strength? Sure, absolutely. A bit like the screen fatigue stuff that we're talking about I think strength and resilience comes it's like a muscle right and if you've never had to be strong you know you haven't really built that muscle and that is not to the detriment of somebody Mm -hmm. who feels that they're not resilient it's just you know typically when you come across a person who feels like they are strong it's because at some point they have not been strong and they've had to learn how to be strong so you know I think well how long you got Like a lot of people, I separated from myself as a child because I started to see myself in the eyes of others. Mm -hmm. So I looked for validation there and that became my kind of compass for is Penfold good or is Penfold bad? And so you clip yourself by that experience and that continued into a sort of childhood rebellion and all these sorts of things. But essentially the key messages for me were you're not worthy, you're not lovable, you're not, you know, and that's not because my parents, my parents are two of my best friends. There are things that they may have done incidentally that ended up with me feeling that way, but it's society, right? This is a societal thing and it's the child whose brain is trying to keep it safe that builds the blueprint, right? Mm. And so for me though, that kind of self-harm culminated in choosing a toxic and codependent and abusive relationship that I stayed in for 12 years from the age of 19 to 30. 
my awakening started at the age of 27 when I met my very dear friend, Emily, who hopped into my world and shone a light into the cracks, maybe the dark corners, but really that was just the beginning. And then a series of fortunate events and conversations and inspirations that we're talking about culminated in me basically detonating a devastating explosion in my life, which meant that I set myself free at the age of 30. I left that relationship. And then in the last 10 years, I sit here now 40 years old. In the last 10 years, I've rebuilt myself from the inside out. So I've done, uh, the work is continuous. I'm not going to say I've done the work. The work is continuous. Mm -hmm. But the journey to knowing who you are, how you operate, why you operate, why you've chosen the things that you've chosen, and really getting to know exactly who that person is. And then beginning the journey towards falling in love with yourself. And it has to be falling in love with yourself. Mm. You know, it's the most important, critical love story that any of us should ever be a part of, right? You have to take the steps that it takes you, whatever it is for you that bring you back to you. For me, it was learning how to get still within myself. And when I got still and felt what the quality of me the true me, the deep wisdom within felt like, I realized that it was silly to run away from her because she feels great and she makes great choices. Actually, she doesn't need the world to tell her she's right or wrong. Her deep wisdom that she was born with, she knows what's up. And then it's learning just with baby steps to trust that inner wisdom Mm -hmm. and take, you know, so for really, I mean, that was 10 years ago. Eight years ago, I really committed and doubled down on trusting me and starting to make decisions that serve me and choosing decisions that maybe other people don't want to choose and that's okay but making a total commitment to myself now it's not a perfect science and every year I learn something new and I go oh whoa okay yeah I've been doing that and but every day is a new day to recommit to something in your life right whatever that is Tell me about that inner wisdom. How did you connect with the inner wisdom? What were the steps that you took? Because that'd be really useful for people to understand. I think people find their different way of doing it. For me, I am somebody who has a hyperreactive brain and I therefore think about everything a lot. And I therefore suffer from anxiety. Now, anxiety, folks, is not about I'm not a worrier. I don't look worried. I'm, I actually feel okay. But because I'm overthinking everything, that is anxiety, mm-hmm. right? That is anxiety. It means you're never switching off, which means you're always living up in your brain and not in your body. So I've always been a doer. I'm very action-oriented. I'm like, let's go, let's get it done. And so for me, I found the means back to myself in a series of different ways I guess I started to move my body and learn about different kinds of exercise. Took that way too far in many ways. But I did happen upon the practice of yoga. And I'm now also a yoga teacher in my spare time. But I'm not one of these yoga saves everything. I think actually (laughs) yoga can actually be quite detrimental if you look at just the physical asana because people take it too far. Mm -hmm. Yoga, though, should be how we live, how we breathe, how we eat, how we treat other people. You know, the practice of yoga in its realest sense, the eight limbs of yoga, 
really is something that is supportive. But for me, what it did at least was connect me into my body and my breath. Yeah. And that happened at a time where I'd been working with coaches for a long time. I was doing some particular work with someone who I would call more like a teacher, less of a coach, but she also does some healing work. And with her, she helped me discover what my baseline of stillness felt like. And then I started to attend meditation group practice and learned how to meditate. Now, learning to meditate is not easy for somebody who has a hyperreactive brain mm. like me. So it's literally like taming a wild animal. When I first tried to meditate, it was literally impossible. And what you do is, of course, you think, oh, I'll go to the Buddhist center and sit down for an hour (laughs) and not move. It's not realistic. Actually, the way that I learned to meditate was going to group sessions where we talked about what we were feeling and how we were disturbed and what that felt like. And then over the years, again, it took years. And I started out on my daily practice with myself. I started out with literally like 60 seconds. 60 seconds of staying with my breath at the tip of my nose. And then I set myself free and I gradually scaled it up. And now I meditate anywhere between 10 and 15 minutes every morning. I would say 99.9% of the time. So there are some mornings we all have our wonky moments where we... We're like, I've got just got to do something else. And then that's okay. <laughs> the next day, you can then start and get fresh and go, okay, now let's start this day how we need to start this day, really. And what I find by learning that, what I've been able to do is regulate my emotions better. So even if to the outside world, I always looked like I had it together, on the inside, I didn't. And the difference is now I am the master of my emotions Mm -hmm. on the inside too. And that doesn't mean that the trigger points don't go away. It just means that now when I get triggered, I can rebalance myself way faster. So rather than being this sort of pendulum swinging from joy to despair, now I'm in this sort of sweet, imagine like a skateboarder just going along the corner of something. Now I'm kind of there neither falling off either side. I'm just kind of in the middle. And then if I start to fall to either side, I know how to bring myself back onto my deck. Yeah, you can choose to override that kind of feeling of being at one of the extremes. Yeah, I totally get that. And I guess, you know, let's talk about every day. So, you know, you say that you've got this idea now of when you look in the mirror, you've got that love for yourself. You've got that respect for yourself. You've changed the way that you see yourself. Is there ever a day now where that isn't the case? Absolutely, because I'm a woman. Absolutely, I'm so glad you said that. (laughs) Uh, Because I'm a woman and my goodness, to anybody that doesn't identify as a woman who Mm. is listening, we have hormonal fluctuation that is otherworldly. And, you know, now that I'm connected to myself, I actually can tell by, even if my nose wrinkles at something, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm ovulating. Or, okay, I I literally know where I am in the month based on how I feel. To the outside world, they don't know, but I know. So I absolutely have those days where you know, you're like, I feel a little bit more emotional. I'm a little bit more teary today. I'm a little bit more sensitive today. I'm a little bit less tolerant today. But my answer to that is to double down on your commitment to yourself. 
So what else can you do for you that's going to feel amazing? Now, every day I make sure that I wake up, wear clothes, you know, wear clothes, dress in a way that I'm going to feel amazing. I mm-hmm. eat my, I live every day like this, but how can you do even more? So maybe you do something, an act of service for yourself where you're like, okay, you know, there's always something, there's always a thing. Maybe it's a drawer that you need to clear out really, or, you know, maybe there's something that you can do. And, and I live in service of myself, actually. I have a bit of a kind of mantra of love myself later. So, you know, I need to be the person who is providing warm, tender, gentle environment to myself. So, yeah, okay, I've just cooked and I've just eaten, but I am going to wash up straight away because I know that the six o'clock meeting is going to want to do that, (laughs) right? So I'm always thinking about myself in those moments And yeah, so, I mean, it's just double Mm. down on your commitment to you in those moments. But every human being has fluctuations, by the way, not just just hormonal women, but, you know, as a woman, I mean, any woman that can say that they honestly don't have a fluctuation, then I bow down to your wisdom. I think it's so important to open up that conversation, though, because what you find is there's lots of women that have done some inner work and represent a map of the world now or a picture of themselves that everything is perfect yeah and that isn't the case with life it's not true no so to be able to actually have that vulnerability to say yeah I've done a lot of the work and a lot of the days are wonderful but some days it's still tough is really the reality that we're all facing into so it's a really lovely thing that you're being able to share that and share that there are those fluctuations along the way Yeah. And you know, you mentioned, I talk a lot about joy and I do, but my definition of joy folks isn't giddiness or it's not that other end of the pendulum swinging, right? Joy for me, my definition of joy is joy is the feeling that you get of total contentment when you are walking in alignment with your soul. Mm. And we all know what that feels like. Your body is the marker of truth for what is right for you. If you make a decision that doesn't serve you, even if your brain is rationalizing it and telling you it's okay, you feel sick. Yes, absolutely. In that very deep place within, right? And so joy is like, I know that I'm taking steps and I'm doing things in a way that actually serves me and that actually feels good in this moment. So, you know, so that doesn't mean that it's this unrealistic thing that you're talking about where everybody's happy all the time. (laughs) Happiness is not joyfulness. You know, I looked happy because I was the master of disguise when I was in that abusive relationship. I looked like a successful-ish person who was married and had a house and a dog and a, you know, whatever else. Mm -hmm. And I would remember people's birthdays. I lived in service (laughs) of others rather than of myself. So, you know, I looked happy. I showed up with a smile on my face. But I was so far from joyful. Mm. It's, you know, it's really... It's the mask, isn't it? It's the mask mask. of perfectionism and everybody expects you to be. And and actually now you've taken the mask off and discovered who you are and what you're about. That's it. That's it. So let's just take a journey through your career then as well. and, And, you know, what's brought you to have the company that you've got today? Where have you been? What have you been doing? That would be really interesting. So yeah, so it's not my, it's not my company, just to be clear with the listeners. It's a BP company called Launchpad. (laughs) 
BP definitely own us. I don't own us. <laughs> so I'm part, I'm part of a team of brilliant humans that basically were assembled by BP because BP realized that they were really great at doing some things, but scaling startups fast wasn't one of them. So we are a new business accelerator created by BP to do exactly that, to transform the energy space by building businesses that innovate and scale rapidly. But the only way you can do that is by getting the right team of leaders who are thinking in the right way, that Mm -hmm. are creating the right environments that mean people feel safe, that mean that they can bring their whole selves to work, that they can innovate, and that they feel like they're working on something that they want to be a part of. So that's the bit that I'm up to right now. But professionally speaking, I fell into recruitment. And I worked in recruitment for 13 years and I was the sole breadwinner in the relationship that I was talking to you about. So honestly, I stayed in recruitment because I earned good money Mm -hmm. and I was good at doing it. And, you know, I had so many different responsibilities and stresses at those times. That was what I did. But professionally speaking, because of the reputation of recruitment, certainly even worse than if we're talking about in the 2000s, I felt shame about what I did professionally. And I felt less, I mean, I felt less than Mm -hmm. most people and most things. And, you know, I did not live in the celebration of self at all. So I, I, I wanted to do different things, but I couldn't do that because I had too much responsibility. So when I set myself free, I went on a journey The journey also included like, you know, just meeting people who felt inspiring or that I was interested in in some way. And it it actually at the time, it wasn't a calculated move by any stretch. I was just responding to what felt like a natural call within me to do that. One of those people ended up being at Shazam. But it's interesting. And he, he called me and said, hey, I'm at Shazam. I think you'd be a great culture fit here. Would you like to come and talk to us? And then I spent five years there until we sold to Apple. And then after that, I spent about 18 months with a fintech business heading up their people team as well. And then I've carried on in the kind of people space, which was never a deliberate career choice. But actually what I've done is I spent the last 10 years studying humans, right? Yes. Why we work. And for myself, obviously, this is the Mindset Mentor podcast. So, I mean, I've gone from the very definition of fixed mindset to growth mindset without Mm -hmm. even realizing. It's actually something I've written about in my blog because I'm like an accidental hero. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Because what I've spent the last 10 years doing is, you know, learning how to learn again and really accelerating my development on every level, mind, body, and soul. And actually, on the subject of learning, though, I'd made all sorts of terrible, hard-wired assumptions about myself, which was because I've got this sort of creative, effervescent entertainer side of myself, that I wasn't intelligent. I didn't read books because, you know, it's hard for me to focus. I actually suspect that I may, maybe it's not the entire condition, but I read a book recently on ADD and I was like, well, okay, there's a lot here that I can relate to. And learning how to master that and focus, you know, this sort of difference between 
being interested in lots of different things, but being able to hyper-focus when you're super engaged, but finding it hard to focus when you're not engaged and having to work really hard to do that and to create, you know, and I live in quite a rigid structure, actually, which also points to that because that's where I'm successful and that works for me to be in that structure that other people find they're like, well, that's too extreme. But for me, that's where I'm thriving, you know? It works. So, so yeah, I think learning to learn again and to, to keep up that kind of journey of development and, you know, continuously optimizing my life experience and hopefully the lives of others at the same time. It's really fascinating to hear. And I wanted to pick up on the point that you talked about these leaders that you're trying to engage into Launchpad. What's the attributes of those leaders? Who are you looking for and what are they about to be able to deliver what you need to deliver? Okay, so different humans have different strengths. And I think really when it comes to, if you look at startups and what works well, whoever you are and whatever your skills are, doesn't really matter, honestly, because if you're a founder of something and you are really strong at this, then you can build a team around you that complement you, right? The key is, it's that knowledge of self. It's knowing where you're great and it's knowing where you're not so great and knowing what you need in your team and hiring very smartly based on what you need in your team. You know, so there isn't one overarching thing that makes somebody successful, particularly, but what takes you from good to great as a leader, no matter what you're good at or bad at, it's scaling yourself, right? It's actually, it's doing the kind of work that I've done, honestly, not the way that I've done it, but it's knowing who you are, knowing how you operate, knowing what your triggers are, showing up with total integrity each and every day, being prepared to be wrong, but always being on that learning journey and having that mindset that you've never, never excusing yourself of your responsibility to keep learning and to keep evolving. When I speak to a leader that's like, yeah, but I don't think I've got any weaknesses I don't, or I don't have any <laughs> learning to do. And I meet those people, right? We've met those people. And you're like, okay, no problem. <laughs> okay, great. Then we'll have to come about this another way, won't we? And that's okay, right? I mean, I was fixed once too. This is the mm. thing. So, you know, we didn't always know what we know right now, I think that was a quote from somebody like Malcolm X. So it's like, forgive the people, you know, like you didn't always know what you know, right? So never develop arrogance about where you are. And I'm perpetually humble about where I am. And for me, I'm still a student and I will be a student of all things forever. And therefore, okay, in this area, I might be slightly more advanced than that person, depending on how you determine advancement. But then in other areas, I'm not. So there is no perfect person or no perfect thing or no perfect leader when people are like, I'm not leadery enough. Also, (laughs) you don't have to have a leadership role to be a leader. Lead from where you stand. Lead on matters. Lead on Mm, issues that are important. Find your voice in other ways. Because when I mentor people who are early in your career, this is what I say. It's like leadership isn't something that you can always be given. It's something that you take. And you can take that right now in a meeting by being in charge. That doesn't, by the way, women mean (laughs) note-taking. That is not in charge. (laughs) Leadership is an energy, you know, driving a project. 
you know, those sorts of things, you can do that and start building that muscle because it's another muscle that you've got to build. And then when you come to leading others, you will already have developed mm-hmm. some of the presence that you need. And then you need to go through the journey of, you know, uh, learning what it's like to lead other humans and what they're going to need from you, which is a whole other story. But you can start wherever you are. Oh, I love that. Start wherever you are. That's a phrase that we need to coin off the back of this. That's brilliant. (laughs) So there's loads and loads and loads of things that you've said in there. But what would you say is the biggest lesson that you've learned from the time when you had the beginning of your awakening? So it's a 10 year period, really. What's the biggest lesson that you've learned about yourself? The biggest lesson that I've learned about myself is that I am just great as I am because so many of us spend our lives seeking outside ourselves to try to become great and, you know, looking for validation in the eyes of others just as I did. But actually the person that I really am is the person that I was when I arrived on this planet in this form. Mm -hmm. And that wisdom was with me from the beginning. So it's not ever a journey of, you know, taking in knowledge from others. Learning stuff is important, sure. But really the journey to go on is just the journey back to yourself, to the wisdom that you were born with. There's nothing that anybody out there can teach you that you don't already know about you and about what's right for you. So yeah, it's it's learning that actually I needed to trust me and that I could trust me because the person that I am is great. Love that. And it, it's the thing around the self-worth baseline, I call it. So this idea that the acceptance that you are wonderful now doesn't mean that you can't grow and you can't no. evolve and you can't develop, but it's not coming from that place of lack or yeah. I'm not good enough. Yeah. And when we talk about those hormonal fluctuations, where I can also say that I'm hugely proud is even on those days, I look upon that woman with forgiveness and love and I cherish her and I go do you know what today is not your best day but I love you I actually say it I actually say it because as somebody who lives alone and Mm -hmm. you know and at this point single and I've dated on and off in the past we have to self-partner ourselves in or out of a relationship doesn't matter whether you're with someone or not your key number one relationship in your life is with yourself and you have to be able to say I forgive you. I love you. You're okay. You're trying your best. It's okay. You know, they're learning that the importance of being able to self-soothe is critical for us all. I agree. Self-compassion is absolutely number one. And let's see that we're going to play the five second game rule. So I can't wait to see what you're going to say for this. Oh, goodness. (laughs) You're going to have five seconds to give me three answers. To this okay. question. Are you ready for this? Oh gosh. Born ready. <laughs> so in the five second game rule, can you give me three things that bring you joy? Oh wow, five seconds. <laughs> I'm like, five seconds. <laughs> the first thing that came into my mind was me, because you know it's 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 all about me, really. And, Absolutely. But then if we were to take it to a more crass level, eating food that delights me. And delights me is a better word. I was going to say stimulates my taste buds, but actually it's the things that stimulate us the most, my friends, are not necessarily the things <laughs> that So, you know, that delights me, mind, body, and soul. 
And then I've always had a huge love of music. Music is my drug. And so I have to apply it wisely because music is something, if I listen to it when I was walking around, it disconnects me from the world around me because I focus on it and I dance. Well, I mean, I dance walking around and that's okay. You know, I dance everywhere. But yeah, moving my body, dancing, hearing music, perpetually seeking the perfect rhythm. That was not in the five second rule game. I failed. (laughs) No failure. No failure. I love it. You brought it to life. What is your fire in the belly song? What would you say that was? Oh, oh goodness. That's really hard. I mean, there's so many. So many. To think of a... Um, it'd be really hard for me to name one <laughs> that does that exact thing. It's a bit like asking someone to pick between their children. <laughs> it means that much. <laughs> the others would feel left out, you know? I have the White Stripes Seven Nation Army. When that kicks in, I just get a ah. flood of kind of endorphins and motivation. So yeah. I have that on my phone for the days when I wake up feeling a bit... Mm. Play that. Then you play it. (laughs) Love a fire in the belly song. Now we're at the point of the podcast now. We're coming towards the end where we ask the killer question. And this question has different answers every single time I ask it, which is why I love it because it shows just how individual success is. So the question is in your view, what is the absolute secret to success? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the secret to success is, for me, probably a summary of everything that I've just talked about. Success, for me, is living each day in a joyful way. And joy based on the definition that we've just talked about. Mm -hmm. So, for me, that is the definition of success. It's walking in alignment with myself, making decisions that serve me, living in the present as much as I can and enjoying the tiny little beautiful details that life has to offer, you know? And I think just after I set myself free, maybe it would be around the eight years ago, Mark, because I had a bit of a period of discontent as you do. Mm -hmm. And then when the sun came out, like it's, I just, I am so in love with everything, with people, with things, with leaves, with the sky, with the pavement, with the graffiti, with the, t- I'm looking in front of me, the tower block, with the West Way. With the, <laughs> like, literally, I walk down the street like that film where she sings and then birds come and land on her oh. hand. Again, I'm not skipping and I'm not like giddy with laughter, but I look around me and I can always find joyfulness in my environment and and that is magic so for me that is my definition of success it's almost like living with gratitude isn't it and actually being appreciative of what you have got what you can do rather than what you haven't and what you can't exactly yeah which is a beautiful thing to think about in this time of restriction lockdown you know, things that we're being told we can't do and have to be appreciative of what you can is a lovely lesson for us all. Yeah. 
So powered by plants, water and joy, we've certainly <laughs> we've certainly talked a lot about the joy today and you have brought a real sense of joy to the podcast. So I just want to thank you for being so open and honest because it's not every day that people are prepared to go deep into, you know, where they've come from and what shapes them in the way that you have, but it makes such a an interesting conversation and one that people will be able to hook into and really relate to. So thank you for doing that and for for being vulnerable enough to share in that way. It's um it's been a joy. Brilliant. Look, it's been a total delight. Thank you so much for inviting me on and if anybody is even remotely inspired, remember that's one of my sources of pride. So, you know, if you want to reach out to me and talk about whatever please do and we'll put all of your details and your blog and website and things in the show notes so that people can get in touch and thank you personally i'm sure brilliant well look thank you very much i do hope that you enjoyed listening to the mindset mentor meets podcast if you did be sure to check out the show notes to access all of those important links For more about me, visit my website at www.angela-cox.co.uk. Now, I'd really love it if you could subscribe to our channel so that you never miss an episode. And do leave us a five-star review because it really helps us to get noticed. Bye for now. I do hope that you'll tune in next week and take good care.